0: Alright, here we go. Hello? Yeah.
1: Let's do this. <laughs> Let's go. Alright, I usually like to just start it just as like conversationally. I don't want to be too formal. Absolutely. But yeah, man, it's it's really good to it's really good to have you on on the show. I've been wanting to bring you onto the show for a long time. Like since since I started, I've just been like, yo, how can I how can I get you know how can I get this man on? Yeah, for a conversation because I remember like um, well, back when you were when you were in Zambia when I visit when I was at school, we'd have these like really long conversations, and I was like, yeah, this this deserves to be this deserves to be put on the record. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically, just to to bring our audience up to speed, you know we kind of started it abruptly. This is a new series that we're running on the village ZM, and it's called Impact. And we're gonna be talking about different topics that, um, you know, affect us as people of Zambia, primarily related to the environment and sustainability, and yeah, generally that that's gonna be our vibe for this, um, yeah, for this show. And yeah, without taking up too much time, I, I want to get right into it. Uh, I have a very special guest with me um, here. His name is Katuta. And yeah, um, I'm just going to let him take a moment to introduce himself to our audience. Uh, welcome to the show, Katuta.
0: Yeah, thanks,
1: Ui. Um
0: I'm Katuta Sichilongo. Um, I am an enthusiast of many things. I've been intrigued by the environment, how we interact with it, and how it interacts with itself for a very long time Um, as far back as I can remember, because my father works in conservation. And so I think in many ways it's been around me, but also I was just drawn to it on TV Um, from an early age, probably even before I really knew what was going on with my dad. Um, but yeah, I'm also, I'm into music, I'm into photography, videography, I'm into media. Um, and I'm interested in how many things intersect and interact because no aspect of beat the environment or whatever, even just in our lives really operates as a single entity and so bringing all these things and just seeing how the world is moving and how we move through the world um can all come together um so yeah that's me i am super interested in these interactions the bridges in between the oceans in between um I currently work as a conservation education naturalist intern with the International Crane Foundation. Um, Yeah, and I'm super excited to be here. I've been listening to the Village ZM for a while now, and it's sparking very meaningful
1: conversations, and I'm very honored to be a part of it. Yeah, that's me no thank you so much. I mean it's our honor to to have you on here for sure. I mean it's quite interesting that you're both an artist and a scientist. Um yeah. I recently actually learned that the word for someone who's both an artist and a scientist is a polymath and and <laughs> that's a fun fact for our audience as well. So yeah, shout out to all the polymaths out there. Yeah. Um, so just to get to get us kicked off um I think the, I guess this, the backbone of this show and of this episode is talking about, you know, the green environment and sustainability in Zambia. Yeah. In your opinion, where do you think we are with this? Do you think that in general people are aware enough of, for example, the effects of climate change in Zambia?
0: Um, In a general sense I think um, people are not aware of it from a larger I guess from a bird's eye view I think it's a very complex thing that even I keep learning about continuously, there are many aspects to it, but Um, In many ways, it's also very uh, privileged information. And we, even people who know it, even myself as an individual being aware of it, I sort of tend to think of it as an idea and not a reality, which is where I think the biggest problem is.
1: Yeah. 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 Definitely. I mean, I I can see, I I see where you're coming from. Um, From my perspective, I feel like it's one of those things that affects us in many ways, more than we realize. And it's really just about us, you know, learning um, to to be more aware and, and making sure that the discourse around it is accessible to everyone because everyone literally everyone gets affected and unfortunately you know the most vulnerable members of our communities get affected the most yes. and we just had we had I think a month ago we had tropical cyclone Freddy yes that then you know circled back and and hit Malawi again yeah and, and this is like I think the longest tropical storm on record like yeah. literally a month it came around and then you know and, and that's like it's basically the equivalent of a category one hurricane yes and, you know this, these are some of the consequences of climate change uh, other consequences are things like droughts uh, okay floods of course we've had floods yes. in, in Lusaka um, where, where I am right now and in many parts of Zambia we've had floods and yes so we find ourselves you know our food security uh, vulnerable to these threats and so i think it's something that's worth having conversations about and in this series uh, at some point we're going to try to get as much detail as possible on uh, for instance how to you know how to spread information how to make people feel a lot more aware of what's yes. really going on because yeah. you know it's happening and it, it, it's it's the reality that we find ourselves in and so the challenge on to us is now how do we embrace this reality and how do we make sure that we are doing less harm and, you know, the best that we can to keep the planet sustainable? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, And I really like what you mentioned. It took me back a little bit to my... When I was just talking a little bit about myself, you mentioned the, wo- the word awareness, Um, and for, I lived in Thailand for a few years, and being exposed to that culture really brought me in tune with the idea of awareness, um, because the culture there is, well, mostly Buddhist, um, and meditation was a big thing, and so it's something I've really picked up and something I'm trying to incorporate into my life in the sense that I want it to be second nature. Um, And yeah, I think something that would have been cool to do well, this could hopefully go back But just to encourage people as they go into this episode to just take a few seconds, you know, take a breath, feel grounded, and make sure that as we go through this episode, we're like aware and in the episode. Um, But just springing back to your point is I think with climate change, awareness is important because you are then very conscious of whatever you are doing, um, regardless of size. Um, you're paying attention to the detail and to the bigger picture. And I think once we're all equipped with awareness, it puts us in a better position to attack ideas, starting on an individual level and being able to track it up until a global level and even beyond the globe into the universe. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, that was just super cool that you mentioned that because I really, for myself, believe that that is where it all starts. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. initial seed that is so that. Blooms into all that we are, and all that we become.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I, I guess it, it it does get a little bit difficult when you start to think of it. Um, you know, at an individual level, it's like okay, um, I might decide to like a drink from a paper straw from a metal straw. Yeah, or, or, or you know, make sure that I I minimize my use of plastic. Yeah, dispose of waste in the proper way but like does that make a difference when there's like big oil and you know all these other industries that just you know uh, pour fumes into the air yeah. from factories and all that stuff and it, it, it kind of becomes like a very almost like a, almost like an existential crisis because it's like, like what is, is what I'm doing even impactful like but what would you say to someone who's going through that thought process where it's like okay like whatever i do it, it can't compare to like the harm being done to the environment from factories overseas and yes. all the gas guzzling vehicles on our roads and and planes and mining activity and all that yes um yeah i think that's a
0: very very good question Um, as human beings we are prone to get scared by bigger things and that in turn makes us think that at an individual level the things we are doing are not making a difference when I would say kudos to you for knowing that there is a bigger catastrophe in the world. But even that bigger catastrophe started at an individual level. And so I would say you need to be in tune with why you are doing what you are doing. And so if you have a clearly defined goal or vision, it puts you in a better place to keep on keeping on because there's always a reason to not do something. And I think it circles back to something as simple or maybe complex as procrastination. In an everyday life application of carrying out a chore or studying or whatever it may be, you think that, well, I might as well just chill and not do this one little thing I need to do. Mm -hmm. But say if you have a deadline, when you come back to do the full list of tasks, having done that one five minute thing could ultimately end up being the make or break situation. And I think about it for myself as if, all of these industries shut down. Of course, it's not that straightforward, but if they did, my impact is sort of what would remain out in the open. And so I don't think we should be masked or hide. It's sort of hiding under there are bigger problems in the world. Yes, there always will be bigger problems, but I think even those bigger problems are made up of smaller problems. And so if the smaller problems are each picking up their weight and know why they are picking up their weight, it leaves very slim chances for the bigger problem to keep thriving, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, that makes that makes perfect sense. I, I really like the way you put it. And, you know, as you were speaking, I was just thinking back and reflecting on what you said about, you know, there's always a reason to not do something. And yes, I think on the other side of that, I think there's always a reason to do the right thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, at some point you kind of think to yourself, like, maybe, you know, maybe the individual decisions, the the decisions that one individual makes might seem inconsequential. But like you yes. know, right now it's like eight billion individuals, and if we all you know did the right thing, then yes. collectively, you know that's that's a winning that's a winning strategy in in my book that's a winning strategy. And so you know, yeah, yeah absolutely, Zambia. You know, piece by piece, we do the best that we can. We can't control everything, but what we can control yes. is our own attitudes. And you know, in a way, I always think we have a moral obligation to protect to protect the planet and it's something that i really like and i really enjoyed like learning about indigenous knowledge systems and
0: yes.
1: you know i probably said this like a million times um, on the record and it's like existing in space rather than existing in time is something that's really important yeah um, yeah and I, I don't know i don't know what do you think about that um
0: yeah i think just like spinning off of that, um, we I learned this idea a few years ago called systems thinking, mm-hmm. which applies to all aspects of um, climate change, um, environmental activism, and I think it goes beyond even environmental issues to... You know, literally anything and everything, and this is just the idea. Like using the environment as an example, with um, in every ecosystem there are food chains, um, and so the ecosystem would just be how would be our surroundings and all its natural aspects um so just literally everything that say if you step into a field everything that's there so ranging from the particles in the air Mm -hmm. the clouds in the sky the microbes in the soil the um you know microorganisms on the plants around you um yeah so in a food chain just as a very basic example, there are several layers in the food chain. And so you sort of think of it as like a, it's usually presented as a pyramid. Um, But, you know, that's more so just for the sake of presentation. Um, Because to think of it in a more complex way, there are actually food webs. And so it's not like, this does this, that does this, that does this. But if we were to put it on a hierarchy of one to five, one being the lowest and five being the highest, one affects two, but one also affects three. But then five also affects four and also affects two, affects one. And so all of these things are interconnected And systems thinking is just an approach which even tapping into what we were talking about with regards to individuals is knowing that it's not a linear, the paths Mm -hmm. are not linear. And so with that said, the solutions can also not be linear. The interactions are so complex that... um, you know, we cannot think of them as sort of like a, a one-way street because that rules out so much. Then bringing that into indigenous knowledge, um, it's it's really interesting to classify what is now known as being learned. Uh, when most of us in actual sense are barely scratching the surface, when indigenous knowledge has for it existed on the surface since the beginning of time, or mm-hmm. however people may want to conceptualize how life came to be, which is you know a whole different conversation <laughs> <But> then. <True. laughs> Um, Things have been practiced for a very long time with very deep, intimate, profound understanding. But we're sort of in a world where, especially coming from developing countries, I always like to put that in quotes uh, because... Uh, I think no one actually knows what that means, um, <laughs> but you're not wrong. Yes, we are given this uh, this dream of how life is sort of supposed to turn out. You know, you go to school, you learn, you graduate, you get a job, you, and this is a very linear thing that is put into our minds from. I don't know. You know, it's what we've been seeing since birth. Yeah. And so with that, obviously, after being a product of that, when you go to school, you think that when you're learning something, you are learning it at the greatest depth because it's linear. But mm-hmm. yeah, and that's not necessarily the case. If you think of it in a systems thinking model because an economist, you know, there are economists who are birders who know much more about who know much more about birds than ecologists. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. That's just the way it is. And yeah, I think it's really important for us to sort of fight the systems in sustainable ways that we are able to keep level minds and have level-minded conversations because, yeah, there are people who just know so much more. And, I mean, coming to Zambia, still carrying this uh, systems thinking, indigenous knowledge. I worked for some time in Blue Lagoon and... Locke National Park, which sit on the Kafue flat, Mm -hmm. which is a very, very important floodplain for the globe. And this floodplain is, this floodplain houses the endemic Kafue literally, endemic meaning it is only found on that floodplain in the whole world. Mm -hmm. And working there, when I went there, um, I was an intern with the um, with a conservation organization, and my experience just really reinforced this idea of systems thinking because you go into these communities, and there are people who've lived with the floodplain, you know, and I carefully say with and not on or in the floodplain. People have lived with the floodplain from whatever and so as an organization there is a key role to play but we also just we do not know everything so we cannot step onto land with people who've lived there interacting with all its aspects for a long time and say we know and so we should do this because we actually don't, you know. We've been living in the city, so we, we know how to get on a bus and get to the CBD. But we don't know when the birds sing. We don't know when the ledgeway goes to the water. We don't know when the floodplain is at its peak or when it's at its lowest And with systems thinking, a very important thing is collaboration. Um, So just working with indigenous communities and all bringing what we have to the table, because it's not that us going to school is useless. That's far from the case. It's very useful, but it's just as useful. Personally, I would even argue less useful than someone who has lived there with this thing um, their whole life. And yeah, I think that just sort of sets a stage with impacts of climate change and how we can start to think of the environment around us.
1: Yeah, most definitely. I mean, you've you've raised some really um insightful points um just as you were speaking and and one of the things that really jumps out to me is, you know, being able to live with rather than on. I mean, we need to like it it kind of gets me thinking about how much impact we could have by shifting our perspective from saying that we live in, you know, in this environment. Yes but rather saying we live with because that kind of, you know, that kind of changes our attitude towards it. Yes. You wouldn't just like, you know, you wouldn't like intentionally cause harm to like your roommate, your family, your partner. Or yes. Whatever. Yes. And, 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 so it's really significant. It's really a significant shift in perception yes. in perspective. Yeah. And, and that, you know, could potentially be, um, something that helps us collaborate and work together. Like you were talking about um, like systems thinking and it's very interesting how vast the applications are. Cause I mean, systems thinking is a holistic approach um, yes. that focuses on the ways that, you know, a system is basically all these parts that interrelate and how yes. these systems work over time within the context of larger systems. And, and so it's like, Yeah, it's it's something that's really interesting to think about because, you know, when we talk about the environment, there's the environment and how it interacts or or how, you know, different pieces of the environment interact with each other and how we interact with the environment. And then there's also like the global economy and then there's the global economy and the environment coming together and how, you know, how they how these two systems would interact with each other and how they affect each other. Absolutely, and, and so it's really yeah, it's really interesting to think about. Which I feel like w- would be a natural segue into us diving a little bit deeper on on sustainability on yes. multiple levels. Like you know, yes. you look at renewable energy, you look at things like deforestation, um, sustainable agriculture, sustainable tourism. Um, yes. And even just waste management in in our cities and stuff like that. There's all these pieces in in seemingly unrelated sectors that all come full circle when you look at when you look at it all as as it is as an as an organism. Like we are, yeah. you know, we are parts. We are parts of an ecosystem. Yes. And yes. You know, so. Um, I suppose, in there, there's a question that arises, which is, what now? Like, how you know we we we're at a point where there's obviously, like you mentioned, we're still developing. We yes. have a lot of you know we have a significant percentage of our population living in poverty. Yes. Yeah, and so, you know, what's what's the sustainable path um, path through it? Yes, because we've had the world go through industrialization, but yeah. we're you know we're at a point where we've seen the harmful effects of that, and so yes. we know that that's not our path. We can't you know try to replicate that. We can't try to have like um, you know you can't try to have a thousand factories popping up everywhere and polluting our air yeah Yeah. (laughs) so what's our path
0: yeah Um, yeah some really good things there and really really large questions that are beyond us as human beings you know but that's what I really like is um, yeah even just to put this out what in my more like As I've grown older, I enjoy being outside much more now because it reminds me of how small I am. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember one of my first, probably my earliest interaction with nature, knowing that I am very small, was I was probably between three to six years old, and I went to the Victoria Falls. Of course, Livingstone. Um, it was a little family vacation, and as I think it was like peak season, so when the falls is really, um, when the falls is really full, uh-huh. and of course it's uh, it's glamorous and beautiful. And I was walking on the bridge. For those who would understand, or for those who've been there, and even for those who haven't, I could paint a picture there's a bridge that sort of connects two pieces of land. Um, and the foes was doing its thing and my mom was holding my hand. And right at the cliff, right when we were stepping off the bridge onto back onto the land, because of how much water was there, I just slipped out of my mom's hand and fell. And obviously, as a young person, I was then looking down at the falls, at where it falls, and just, it it was just this wow moment of, like, I could fall right now, and that's it. The world keeps going. Mm -hmm. And thinking about it now, I really, really enjoy being outside because it reminds me how much control I have over what I do, and also how much I could do my best but the elements are always not in my control. Um, yeah, and that leads me into um, thoughts about in sustainability um, two things well, they're both under feedback so I'm going to talk about feedback and under feedback there is positive and negative feedback. And I think this probably also applies beyond conservation and the environment. And so what the way the world has worked from studies and how we've managed to get to where we are in time is through a negative feedback loop. And so it is very false to say that the world has not been warming up it's nothing new this has been happening on the planet obviously because the sun provides um heat produces heat um but in a negative feedback loop it is a loop that just to draw a picture if we have a horizontal and a vertical axis in a negative feedback loop The graph would rise, the curve would rise and it would peak, then start to drop. Then it would also have a. This is me trying to tap into my physics knowledge. I don't remember which one is a crest and which one is a trough. I think the trough is at the bottom. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. But then, yeah, at the bottom, it sort of peaks out as well and goes back up. And if you look at the globe, planet Earth, Mm -hmm. South America and Africa sort of have loosely more consistent weather which is like around the equator um, south of the equator and so basically just I guess the southern hemisphere is more prone to kind of stable temperatures so to say loosely then the northern hemisphere of course is like where I am right now, it's winter and none of the trees are, have leaves except the evergreens, of course. And so as the earth rotates, it's basically a model of we can think of it as like a human breathing. The side of the world that does not have leaves and is not photosynthesizing at this given point is not taking in any of the heat or is not taking in as much as the place with the rainforests. Mm -hmm. Um, And so our rainforests, the tropical rainforests, are very, very important in that, that sort of the consistent lungs of the earth. And so depending on which side is facing the sun, the earth heats up and cools down as it rotates. And so in this negative feedback loop, you know, it would heat up when we have the side that's not able to take in a lot of this heat. Then it would cool down when Africa and South America, where the forests are consistent, faces the sun. But of course, that's a whole cycle that changes because obviously in the spring, summer, fall or autumn, this, these other areas of the world in the Northern Hemisphere do photosynthesize as well. But that's just sort of to paint the picture of how temperatures have always been going up and down, up and down, and that's in a sustainable fashion. That's sort of the model we want to have, and that's negative feedback. Positive feedback is when the graph sort of just keeps going, be it above or below, it often increases exponentially. With it increasing exponentially, as we take out more trees, meaning the side that was supposed to enable this graph to start coming down and enable the earth to cool down, the heat is continuing to rise. And so it just keeps getting warmer and warmer and warmer and warmer. And yeah, just with everything and anything, when you're driving a car, you don't just hit the gas. You, you know, you come to stops. You need to slow down your speed. Even when we're talking we're not speaking at the same speed consistently. And this is affected by different things. You know, it's affected by our mood, our energy levels and so many different things. I think that's sort of how I envision sustainability is having a self-sustaining system and not, maybe I won't even say self-sustaining, just a system that is able to make cycles and keep on thriving in a manner that
1: enables continuity. Continuity. Yeah, that's that's a very good word. Um, first of all, um, amazing insight. I mean, that, that was really like, um, you got really into the technical details of it, explaining yeah. essentially that our world our planet exists in equilibrium yes and, and, you know it's it's basically built to do that for itself yes and uh-huh. and so one of the things that really stands out to me from what you just mentioned is the fact that basically for everything that we do we're kind of bringing a a destabilization to an already stable system. So, you know, so if we, you know, like, for example, we had an energy crisis and demand for charcoal spiked, which probably led to, you know, some deforestation. Every tree that we cut reduces our ability to, um, it reduces that tree's ability to take in, you know, to take in light, to take in heat. And produce oxygen which kind of throws our you know our planet's balance off yes
0: and yeah just to quickly jump in there like right on that with that particular example of one tree meaning it throws off the rain cycle Mm -hmm. which in turn affects drought and flooding which is another um aspect of natural disasters or some would say occurrences Um, and yes no I just wanted to put that in to say that that with the trees of course affects temperatures and all but everything is sort of linked with the temperatures are linked to rain which Mm -hmm. is linked to ocean tides which is linked to we can literally almost just think of anything and yeah, just bringing it, bringing it home bringing it to Zambia like you mentioned with the uh, spike in charcoal that comes that directly holds hands with availability of power yeah, which um, is a uh, you know, that's an economic thing in a way, but if we're using hydroelectric power, which the water is provided by the elements, makes it an environmental thing. And yeah, with sustainability, my biggest thoughts right now and explorations are remembering the environmental, economical and social aspects. So these three, never, ever will exist individually, in my opinion. And so to find sustainable solutions, we need to deeply consider each one of these three, which reminds me of something I said earlier, which is collaboration, Mm -hmm. and to have a sustainable model for any and everything using our Zambian example of the need for charcoal, which is directly connected to Lord Shedding, which is directly connected to our rain season, our rain cycle, Um, the time at which things were designed. There were particular weather patterns, which have changed, obviously, because of changes we've made as human beings. And so for me, my... I'm pretty sure at this point that my life's work will stand exploring sustainable relationships because that is ultimately
1: what it comes down to. Yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. I yeah. Mean, we're, we're basically in an integrated system. Yes. And, you know, our, our integrated system has problems in it, and how better to solve problems in an integrated system yeah. than an integrated solution. So we have to be looking yes. at all these things and considering how they have an impact on each other. And yes, that's something that I'm really excited and really keen to be exploring in in you know in the coming episodes of this series. Yes. So I want to say thank you so much um, for for your insight for your explanations. I mean, um, a lot of it is the kind that you kind of need to take a moment to digest because you go yeah. into such great detail explaining, but ultimately the lessons are there and the knowledge is there and i think um and i think that's really important and really valuable yes because you you have to start somewhere yes yes
0: um yeah no i am very honored and grateful to yeah have been graced with this chance to speak and share thoughts um And I would say just a very simple for someone who for unknown reasons would decide to fast forward to the end of the episode, just a model is our senses as human beings. And I think just different organisms is, you know, our sight works hand in hand with our hearing which works hand in hand with our touch. Um, And obviously we have other senses, but just when you close your eyes, you have a different sense of space around you. In some ways it's more enhanced, but that's also a question mark. And so I think just a model that I think about with sustainability is how we move around, day to day on this planet. And yes, I am very grateful for this opportunity. Uh, I look forward to learning more, hearing more and, you know, exploring, listening to other people and even listening in ways to my own thoughts because some things we only process them after we hear them ourselves. Um, And yeah, big love to you. Big love to you guys at the village Zadam, you're doing really big earth-shaking things. And yeah, I definitely urge everyone to treat themselves with kindness. Always remember to take a breath, try to be present, and be grateful.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for, for your insight, for everything that you've taught us. Uh, on, on this episode for everything that we learned from you so far. Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely invaluable to have, you know, to have you on the show because yeah. a lot of the things that we talked about that, that you mentioned have, you know, far reaching applications and extensive consequences. So yeah. it's really important that we were able to have this conversation and yeah i hope we can have much much more you know much more conversation on this and get you know get more um get more specific because i know you have i know you have a lot of thoughts on you know some of the things that've been going on i don't want to spoil it too much but I absolutely feel like, yeah i feel like we all know you know we all know about some of the issues that have been going on domestically we had issues with you know, mining in, in Lower yes. Zafesi. We've had, yes. you know, the Radisson, the new Radisson in Livingston, and how it, it yes. basically interferes with uh, an elephant migration corridor. We've yeah. had, you know, real estate developments like Kingsland is a Kingsland yes. city that's built on a yes. recharge point, how that affects yeah. us. You know we have East Park and arcades in Osaka constantly flooding because they're built on marshland yes it was all these things that you know that we we would love to dive into and we're gonna do our best to talk about all of them Um, with that being said this is impact and my question to you the audience for your own self-reflection is how can you make an impact (laughs)
0: I'm not i
1: Mm-hmm. The record, all right. Sweet. Um, hmm. I was wondering, do you have any like ideas for theme music? Because you're like uh yeah,
0: um, artist, for real, for real. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I've always thought of um, just some sort of local um, I don't know I could I recorded a very short song Mm -hmm. and I think a part of it could be really interesting to use because I think it's kind of
1: yeah. it sounds
0: very Afro inspired to me it's not the best mixed song but I think you know if it's just like to intro and outro, I think it works pretty well.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, because I was thinking like, what theme music am I going to use to to make this one distinct? So I like that vibe.